Welcome to Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. What does it take to lead yourself and your teams to high performance with ease? Today, you'll discover simple practices that separate exceptional leaders from the rest. Now, here is your host, Nicole Bendeley. Hi there. Welcome to this episode of Leading on Purpose. I'm Nicole Bendeley. Today's episode is all about discovering how to navigate cross-cultural communication in this ever-shrinking world of ours. You know, I was thinking as I was preparing for today's podcast, I was thinking that it really wasn't too long ago when most of us worked for organizations that were primarily, largely local, right? Our colleagues, our clients were close by or at the very least in the same country, which made it easier to communicate. It made it far easier to communicate because we were operating from some very similar basic understanding of cultural norms and values, and we had similar ways of communicating and understanding each other. And while we have since absolutely become a far more global and interconnected world, and many, many organizations have gone global, unfortunately, as my guest Kyle Higgerty has pointed out in his book, which we'll be talking about, many people have not made that transition as well as we would like to or absolutely need to in order to thrive in a multicultural, cross-cultural, interconnected world. So today, my guest Kyle will share with us how he built a team virtually across Asia during the last recession and the cross-cultural leadership lessons he learned along the way. And let me tell you, You're in for a treat because I'm currently reading Kyle's book, The Accidental Nomad. And I have to tell you, I've lost count of the number of times, first of all, that I laughed, not because, you know, because of what Kyle was sharing in the book, but because Kyle is both self-deprecating and very funny. And I also lost count of the number of times I found myself really nodding my head right, at the experiences and lessons Kyle shares because they not only resonated with me, but so many of the challenges the leaders I coach and work with, um, it really resonated with the challenges they share with me uh, that they're facing in this global economy. So let me introduce you to Kyle and then we'll dive right in. So Kyle Hegarty helps organizations grow globally. From startups to Fortune 500 companies, Kyle empowers leaders and teams to find new ways to communicate and lead across our shrinking planet. His sales and marketing training programs help clients increase business across regions, and his global communication programs help strengthen teams, build trust, and prepare next-gen leaders for tomorrow's threats and opportunities. His first book, one that I'm reading and I'm loving, The Accidental Business Nomad, A Survival Guide for Working Across a Shrinking Planet, is available worldwide. And with upwards of 70%, and this stat really shocked me that I'd like to talk to you about, Kyle, with upwards of 70% of foreign ventures failing due to cultural differences, Kyle shows us how anyone can beat the odds by learning new skills to adapt in today's fast-paced, technology-driven planet. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much. I the sometimes the best feedback uh, is to hear people laughing. Hopefully not at well, me. I wasn't, that's what me. I was trying I know, to say. I, I wasn't laughing at you. <laughs> Absolutely with you. <laughs> But that was the intent. I wanted to, um, this is a weird topic because some people get very sensitive about it and they find um, oftentimes they actually avoid talking about it because it's a difficult topic. Uh, You know, we're talking about how people are different and this is not the age where that becomes easy to do. So people tend to avoid it. And I I tried to take the attempt to take it uh, or approach it from a, a more lighthearted angle and to make you know the, the first person narrative, let, let's let's make this goofy guy the 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 guy who stumbles, and let, let, let's turn him into the class clown for a while. Let him make all the mistakes and hopefully learn from it. So that was the intent. Well, absolutely, and it it just it made it uh, your stories and the way you share uh, the stories and lessons make it relatable, right, and and easy to 
apply to our own lives and experiences, even if they weren't exactly the same. Yeah. You know, I, I liked, I, you know, I, I liked your intro where you were talking just about how we've gone through this change and sometimes these change uh, about, you know, how it used to be, and, and maybe we're dating ourselves here a little bit, but um, where, you know, it would be very unusual to, to type in a, a country code on a phone, right? Cause that, and you'd have to go figure out how to call somebody internationally. Like you'd have to figure it out right. how to do it. Uh, I mean that, that I can now remember. we just log on. Yeah. Well, it's a click of a button. Um, I've been on some strange calls in the last 48 hours, just simply from time zones. And it, a click of a zoom call is the exact same 10,000 miles away as it is to the person in the cubicle next to you. Uh, exactly. And that's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. So that's the word that you used and I've, I used is shrinking world. That's the example of a shrinking world. But the, the problem is that while tech has changed, it's the people that, that have not. So that's the stuff that I'm focused on. So, so again, thanks for that introduction. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to dive in because in your book, you talk about, you know, how technology brings borders down, right? Knocks borders down. Um, but cultural borders still exist. And that's what we need to learn how to cross those borders. Um, so... Before we dive in, though, Kyle, I'm curious, you know, this show is all about leading on purpose, right? And, and in order to lead on purpose, we need to be able to find our purpose and, and stay connected to it. So I'm curious, you know, could you share a little bit about your journey, where you found yourself now, what your purpose is in your work and, and how you came to, to find it? You know, I've always had a an interest kind of over the overseas. Uh, I've always kind of thought about things from more of a just a worldwide perspective. So even from school, studying international relations, uh, traveling whenever I could, and so I think I always had that that travel bug uh, in, in, in juggling, you know, flying around in my head. Uh, the business opportunities. I was doing, I was basically doing marketing for companies in the US 15, 20 years ago. And I was starting to get that bug again saying, you know, I want to, I want to do, I want to travel. I don't want to be that kind of, um, I don't want to be that broke backpacker for the rest of my life. I, I like the backpacking travel. That's fun, but I kind of, I want to try something else here. And so I just, I just started talking to clients saying, by the way, you know, we're, we're helping build sales pipelines here in, in North America. We can do this in other parts of the world. And at the time, and I think still the Southeast Asia is the growth story that that's, that's really booming. Uh, and I think it's about to go boom even more because of the, the COVID, um, uh, the way they handled COVID mm -hmm. and the, how it's going to recover faster. So that was the hot region. And I started just saying, look, we can do this in Southeast Asia without having any idea what I was talking about. So it was, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a, <laughs> a bluff from a, from a 20, 20 something, uh, you know, American guy. And, and the timing was right because all of these companies were trying to think about this. They, they were all thinking about how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to expand our teams in these different regions? We're get, they were getting demands to do this. Uh, and what they needed was at least somebody that they knew on the ground. And so that, before I knew it, I had, I had signed contracts <laughs> that were, were getting me on, on planes quite frequently. So I was doing this commute from, from New, uh, yeah, New England to Singapore, which is about, if you're lucky, 24-hour commute, if you're wow. lucky. And I was doing that once a month. And so uh, eventually it was like, you know what? I need to just stay in one place here. Otherwise I'm going to go crazy. Uh, and that just ended up getting me here. And, and I kind of, you know, I use the phrase accidental in the cover or in the title because mine, mine, that, that story wasn't exactly accidental. I, I, I went out there for this, but most people that I work with and see have just found themselves involved mm -hmm. in more international business settings. And it, no, you know, very few of us said, hey, this is going to be my plan. I, I want to go do this. Uh, it just sort of happened. And so that's where kind of, that's kind of what got me here. Uh, and I love, love, love the idea of trying to get people to figure out how to overcome some of these things. And we'll get into that, I'm sure, mm -hmm. here today about 
like some of these invisible things that that happen. And, and I think that anybody who reads the book who is nodding their head in agreement has been through or had one of those culture clash moments where you say something and you think it's just crystal clear and the person on the other side, for whatever reason, maybe it's a, you know, a goofy situation that happened during a, 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 a trip traveling or, or maybe it was a work situation, but they're seeing something completely different or your interpretation is this person has no idea what they're doing. And my experience has been that more often than not, that's not what's going on. There's, there's more happening here. And I find that those situations fascinating from a, from a human uh, behavioral perspective and uh, from a business growth perspective. Because if you, if you can decode that, if you can overcome that, that becomes a differentiator because very few of us are doing that today. Right. And one of the examples that I, I really related to was even, you know, a basic value like respect is interpreted differently in different cultures, right? Our, we might define respect as, you know, speaking up and sharing your point of view and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas somebody yeah. else defines it as I don't speak up and I don't disagree. That's respect. Right. Yeah, I'm going to show respect because you're the boss. Right. Why would you, you can't, you're not going to call out your boss in a, certainly in a group, especially if she's saying something that, you know, if she, if she might be wrong, well, that's not, you know, you don't call somebody out in a, in a call. And so the way they're used to doing things, I'm, I'm just kind of saying a generic they. Yeah, absolutely. This, and yeah. we'll talk about some of the stats here, but um, historically, if there was a disagreement in large parts of the world, you solve disagreements through indirect channels, hmm. uh, often through like a, you know, a backdoor intermediary mm-hmm. or, you know, in a small environment, you, you know somebody else and he can talk to her and it, it just sort of sorts itself out. In a small environment where everybody knows those rules, those invisible rules, that works out for the most part pretty well. But again, throw everybody onto Zoom and expect these decisions to be moving at the speed of light. And that's where the problems start. And uh, the, the COVID situation, bringing everything or even more of this into virtual settings has just accelerated all of the opportunity, but also these challenges. These challenges, absolutely. So tell me, you know, tell us a little bit that stat, Kyle, it staggered me. It's staggering. It's st- 70% of ventures, you know, foreign ventures uh, fail. What's, this, what, what causes it, that? What are yeah, they? so, so I, I came across this stat. This is a, a research that's been done in, in from multiple places, and it's, a, and it's a difficult number to pin down. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases, the number is significantly higher. In other cases, it's significantly lower. So it's one of those, you can play with the data however you want here. In a lot of international mergers or acquisitions, that number can be higher, meaning um, <laughs> you, you, you can try to map or merge, uh, you know, two groups from different places and just assume that they're going to figure out how to play nice together. Uh, and the statistics are pretty clear. I mean, it's just often, more often than not, it doesn't work. Uh, I, and I do think that it goes back and I'll, I'll, let me maybe tell you another, I don't know if this is a stat, but this is some of the findings that's out there. And this is one of the things that I discovered along the way. Um, cause, cause basically what I was trying to do here was to say, okay, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. There's a lot of invisible challenges. Can we put more definition to this so we're not just talking about vague, invisible stuff? Uh, Can we stop pointing uh, fingers Mm -hmm. and instead come up with ideas to be able to overcome it? So what I'm trying to do and what I do with clients is I'm trying to say, look, here is a series. It's it's not a step-by-step process, but it's a series of ideas that's going to get people thinking and acting in more of a global way, especially in work scenarios. That's, that's the goal that I'm trying to achieve. How do we fast track that for people so that they're not going through the same goofy mistakes that you right. read about in this, this poor, poor goofball who does it uh, in the book? Um, so when, me, yeah, no, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is that a large part of the world, let's just talk about North America. Uh, North Americans, we are, as a society, direct communicators. We are generally, we solve problems directly. We have some levels of confrontation that we are comfortable with. 
Uh, it is totally normal in a Zoom call with multiple people to push back a little bit respectfully, respectfully, right. which is and a, this a weird whole definition. focus on psychologically safe environment, right? Psychologically, Where- and it's got to, you've got to be able to establish what that trust looks like, and you've but but you know companies, team leaders, they want feedback. They want mm-hmm. they not they don't necessarily want confrontation, but they want to have an open environment where people are comfortable to speak their minds. Absolutely. And in an innovative environment, we actually do need conflict, right? We need conflicting ideas in order to get to the best outcome. And and, and it's interesting because people have different interpretations of what that means. And my interpretation, as I've learned upon a lot of self-reflection, is that I tend to be more on the extreme side of this, meaning I'm kind of into conflict. Like, I don't, I, I'm not talking violent conflict, but right. I like a good throwdown. I, I want people to push back and challenge me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Ray Dalio's quote who said, you know, I will, um, I'll, I'll take a hard position, so, I'll hold a hard position softly, meaning, you know, here's my position, I'll defend it. And if you, um, if you can, persuade me through data and through, you know, logic, I'll, I'll change in a heartbeat and right. I, there, there'll be nothing personal about it. And I kind of, I, 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 that resonated with me. Uh, but it turns out not everybody not for is. for everyone. Different. Well, and, let's come back to that. Yeah. We're just going to quickly go to break, Kyle. And when we right. come back, I want to pick up on that and also look at those, those, that framework or those steps you were talking about to address those invisible challenges. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Kyle. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. One of the many things this past year made clear is that the world of work has been forever changed, and it is especially evident in the way leaders must now lead if they want the best from their people. At the Waterstone Culture Institute, we provide leaders with the tools and practices most essential to high-performing teams and cultures. Discover the three things the most effective leaders will do in 2021 with our free webinar. Visit waterstonehc.com slash culturewebinar and watch it today. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Discover more about Nicole and how the team at Waterstone Human Capital helps leaders to build high-performance teams and cultures at waterstonehc.com. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, Hey, listen, I really, as I said, I'm really enjoying Kyle's book. So it's The Accidental Business Nomad. You can find it at Amazon and other online retailers. I grabbed the ebook. You can grab it hardcover. Um, I really encourage you. It's a great read. And also check out leadershipnomad.com and you'll get some additional resources there. So before break, we were talking about, you know, an example of conflict or respect, right? We have different interpretations of that and, and expectations depending on the culture in which we're working. And so can you share, Kyle, some of the most common cultural clashes, right, that can lead to big misunderstandings or failures or even some of these foreign ventures to, sure. to fail. So uh, there are so many, uh, so many examples that I'm just going to hone in on one, but let, let's just finalize sort of defining some of these invisible things. So we yeah. talked about conflict. We talked about uh, 
communication, right? So whereas indirect communication, which is not really getting to the point or you have to understand the nuance of what's being said versus uh, directly what's being said. The other thing, and, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, but it's, it's how people perceive hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And this is, goes back to that example about, you know, the boss, the boss is always right. You have to show respect for the boss. You, you know, whatever she says goes the, it, in, in a strong, strict hierarchical group, it, the information flows downward. And a majority of the planet, according to the data that's out there, and so there's a bunch of cross-cultural research that's been done for the last few decades. What that suggests is that a majority of the planet is significantly more hierarchical than North America. It's significantly more indirect in their communication styles than North America. And it's significantly more uh, uh, indirect, I suppose, in terms of how they solve conflict. Mm -hmm. To me, those are the big three. Those are the three biggest troublemakers in international or global teams. And if you can decode those, then you go somewhere. Now, COVID and and the virtual situation that we've been in has been fascinating because in many ways, it's shattered hierarchies of groups. All of a sudden now, people who might have all been in one office are now distributed. They're remote. It requires more autonomy. It requires people to speak up if there's a problem. And so companies and, uh, and even, I would say maybe parts of the world that are more hierarchical if they've gone into this virtual setting faster, uh, I think that they're wrestling with different challenges that that's that could be you know that the compared to challenges in North America. So let me give you a, a very uh, specific yeah. example. That's the one thing you asked for. Um, in a team, you've got a partner. Maybe let's say we've got a small business. You're a which which where in Canada are you? Again? I'm in Toronto. Good old T dot. So you're in uh, Toronto. You've got this uh, partnership that you've established with a software uh, a team that's building some, uh, some programming work for you in uh, Chennai, India. And very friendly, very like kind of, it's a good group of people. They are hardworking. Like you, resp- you, know, you send emails, they're responding 24 hours a day. You wonder when they ever sleep. Uh, you get on a call, you go, how's it going? And the feedback that you're getting is, uh, yeah, it's, all, it's good, it's all, it, everything's great. Great. Is uh, so. I know this this project is going to be due next Friday. Uh, are we Are we good? Are we still on track? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, can you look? If there's any questions, let me know. Uh, can you you know just reach out to me if you've got any problems? Sure thing, boss. Uh, next Friday comes. The project has not been started. <laughs> And I know that that sounds weird, but I will tell you, I, I spend, I used to spend a lot of time in airports, in lounge air, lounges in airports in India, listening to oftentimes Western executives having the variations of that exact same conversation. Uh, I've, I've heard it for 15 years and I was actually doing uh, work with India teams even back in 2000. Mm-hmm. So this is something that has not changed. And I don't mean to pick on India, but this is just one example that's quite common. And it's quite, it's a common area where a lot of um, work has been outsourced to. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that the team is incompetent? No. Does this mean that they are you know, disrespecting you? Does this mean that they're lying to you? Uh, from their perspective, in many cases, the answer is no. This is a perfect example of a cross-cultural misunderstanding that's happened. And I would argue that the person that was leading that call is responsible for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the examples I just gave, I was asking you a bunch of close-ended questions. Close-ended right. questions result in a yes or no answer. That's what you're looking for. That's what, pe- that's what you and I might be used to. A yes or no answer is very direct. If it is a difficult answer, if, it, if the answer is something that you don't want to say, in some parts of the world, you will not say the word no, because that's perceived to be rude, that's perceived to be disrespectful, and that goes against my values. And this is, happens like every single, every single day. So would and, it be more like, so tell me about where we're at with the project? 
So yes, it's the, what we have to do, and this is assuming, I'm now assuming our audience are kind of uh, direct speakers, maybe who fall into some of these categories. I'm hundred percent in that category myself. After thinking about this for 15 years, I have to prep for meetings to be able to break away from asking closed-ended questions. And instead I have to write it out. Even to this day, I have to write out my open-ended questions. Uh, So I know we have this project that's due next Friday. Would you mind walking me through the steps that you've got planned as mm-hmm. the, uh, hap- that happens next? Walk me through how you're, how you're approaching this. Uh, it's a more open-ended way to hear them walk you through this stuff. I wonder if you could take a step back and just t- walk me through the team. Who's doing what? Let them, right? Uh, it, if I want, like, is there any way that, is there anything that could potentially prevent this from coming through or, 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 you know, walk me through, actually, that wouldn't be good. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to be careful. It's not a yes or no. So even, even now I'm still, you know, think about it. Um, Walk me through the most likely scenario. This thing gets delayed. Mm. I'm actually, I'm, I'm even applying this to just, I mean, absolutely working across culturally, as you think you're saying, but also I'm thinking about some of my own team members and their work styles. <laughs> like, so, oh, that's how I should be asking them questions. I'll get more information from it's them. It's so interesting. And I try to break this apart in the book because I've just been giving you examples of supposedly cross-cultural differences, but really this comes down to individual yep. preferences and individual differences. And the, the cross-cultural data basically is saying, and this is where it gets a little bit controversial to some, and and some people don't like the the generalizations, but it's basically saying, look, we've interviewed, you know, we've we've done survey work to 5 million people in this country, and here's where the general answers fall. That's, That's a helpful starting point, but that in no way tells you who you're working with, mm-hmm. right? It, it gives mm-hmm. you a, a, a best first guess, which is a okay start, but you've got to be very careful because then individually, you've got to be able to understand different working styles. And so that becomes the next piece of this, which I think becomes important, even if you are working domestically, because people have wildly differing ways of, of uh, preferencing, you know, preferences towards working and towards communicating. Absolutely. So, so where is a leader or organization to start, right? So if, it, you know, an organization or a group of leaders within an organization recognizes, you know, we need to get better at this. Yeah. We need to learn how to, how to communicate and lead in, in a cross-cultural environment and, and world. How, that, where is yeah. a place to start? Great. That's, that's the, that's the question that I've been asking myself, you know, and, and, and quite frankly, from as an entrepreneur, I saw this question as a tremendous opportunity because so many people are going through this. What I believe the steps to take are the first steps are self-reflective. We talk about adapting. We talk about being flexible on my website. There's all of these chameleons and, uh, I just saw MIT is doing a course that looks very similar to mine and they've got my chameleons there. It's like, hey, I've had those chameleons for years. Uh, <laughs> but, but the idea is that you've got to be able to adapt to different scenarios on a, in this case, hour to hour basis based on these calls, right? You can't adapt to anything unless you know where you're adapting from. So you might be going, well, wait a minute. I think I'm a pretty direct communicator, but are you, uh, do you give feedback in direct ways or are you, or are you more indirect? There's no right or wrong answers, but this is the first step. You, you, can't, you can't change from something that you don't even know, understand where you're coming from. Right. It's why I love travel because it, it's like that matrix moment where you just all of a sudden start seeing the world from a different perspective. You go, oh, wait a minute. You know, yeah, we are a little bit, oh, well, you guys do it this way. Oh, well, huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where there, and you, and sometimes you see stuff that's different, and you go, "Oh, actually, yeah. that makes a lot more sense than the way we do it." Well, one of the quotes that you attribute to the character Stu in your book: "Listen to people differently than you ever have before." 
that resonated so much with me. Um, and it just came up to me now with respect mm. to what you're saying around mindset and perspective. Yep. Um, so tell us what you mean by that. Listen to people differently than you ever have before. How does that I, help? Yeah. You I, I, so one rule that I put that I try and get people to think about, and this is a, this has come up a lot since everybody went remote. Interestingly, like the global teams have been remote for years. So like this whole, this whole pivot towards remote work, it's like all of, all of us global nomads are kind of going, yeah, okay. Welcome to the party. Everybody. Exactly. Right. Uh, we've been, we've been wrestling with this stuff for decades. And it's not um, easy. It is not easy. It, it, it's not easy. Uh, it, it's not there. And we can talk about some of the other reasons there, but mm-hmm. uh, to go back to your question, um, you want, you have to assume positive atten- uh, intent. So Love that, that you're one. saying that. I say that all of the time. And, That's and where you start. You have to. And, and this is something we've been talking about for, I've been talking about this for a decade. And so finally, then somebody of course then said, oh, it's API. Oh, okay. Assume positive intent. Like, oh, that's that's know. clever. Wish I'd yeah. come up with that. Uh, but I think that's incredibly helpful because people tend to hear something that they're not used to or hear or see that a, pro- a process hasn't happened the way they expected. And they start thinking, oh, this person's incompetent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's human nature. And so these are these kind of voices in our heads that we need to tamper down and, and, we and naturally go into judger mode, right? The, judgment. the other interesting thing is that oftentimes leaders who are the people that get promoted into these global roles are often very competitive. They're very driven. They're very mm-hmm. task focused. Uh, they get stuff done. They are dominant behavior types. All of those traits that I just described are almost, in some cases, the opposite of some of the cultures that they are now rushing into. So if you want to be successful to do some of this stuff, you actually have to go almost against your natural instincts in terms of how you lead, which is fascinating. Uh, And so that's a very common high-level example of of a clash that happens. I love that so much. So much is coming up for me. So a few things here, right, that I'm hearing from you, Kyle, is lead self first um, and understand yourself. Notice your perspective, your judgments, the assumptions you're making about others, about their culture, about society, etc. And it. It relates to a story in your book about don't be a slap dragon. <laughs> yes. To me, about applying, you know, our, our assumptions. Can you tell us a little bit about about that? We've just got two minutes before break, but no uh, problem. So I had this client years ago, and it was just this moment for me that defined the problem so well. And he basically was rushing in his his marketing plan to Southeast Asia. He was an American company, and he said, "Look, let's let's just." use all of the material that we have and let's just start promoting our software across Southeast Asia. And I was looking at him going, look, you know, the spelling is different. You're using American spelling. You're using baseball imagery. Like nobody, this is not going to work over here. And he got really frustrated and he said, look, well, okay, get rid of this baseball stuff and just slap a dragon on it. uh, Cause that, cause Asians like dragons. So let's just make it that. And I, I remember just thinking like, Oh my God, this is just, this is so ignorant and and surface level and almost like insulting and this term slap dragon arose from it and, and when i started thinking about it you start seeing examples of this happen not mm-hmm. only from a product standpoint but from a behavior standpoint and uh, those are the two, those are two very different scenarios but you can see companies going in doing things their way um, not only from a product standpoint but also from a from a execution standpoint Right. And then just slapping on, you know, a, uh, a label or an image right. or right. a what have you that quote unquote represents that, that localized. it, it localizes what, what, it. It's, a, it's terrible localization right. is what it is. Right. <laughs> we get you. Buy us. We're just that's, like you. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, when we come back from break, so we talked about, you know, the, the first step is, Self ref- be self-reflective. And we'll talk about, okay, now what? How do we better understand others and create, you know, cross-cultural teams and lead cross-cultural teams well? So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. One of the many things this past year made clear is that the world of work has been forever changed, and it is especially evident in the way leaders must now lead if they want the best from their people. At the Waterstone Culture Institute, we provide leaders with the tools and practices most essential to high-performing teams and cultures. Discover the three things the most effective leaders will do in 2021 with our free webinar. Visit waterstonehc.com slash culturewebinar and watch it today. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, or anytime on demand, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Things Worth Considering, featuring hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Discover more about Nicole and how the team at Waterstone Human Capital helps leaders to build high-performance teams and cultures at waterstonehc.com. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. So welcome back. We're back with Kyle Hagerty. So Kyle, tell us what's the next step, right, for organizations who really want to go global and do a lot. So if you are a leader, you've got to say, right, I need to understand what makes me tick. What are my strengths and weaknesses? There's a couple ways to do that, but I'm I'm a fan of some behavioral profiling models. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you've got to be careful with them like everything else, like these tools, you, you, you have to be careful. But if you are um, looking for ways to quickly get a sense of who you are and how that compares to other people, I, I, I'm a fan of things like DISC. Yes, um, me too insights, uh, those types of, of frameworks can be can be helpful. I use those frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be the first start. The second step is to understand then, okay, who are you working with? How do you apply that to, uh, to, to your team, to your partners? And what I recommend is to, and this is, I'm, I'm, and it's funny, I come at it from a very Western perspective. Uh, I want to be very upfront with people and very direct. I want to address this in a direct way, which I will be the first to admit is, is sort of a, a US or Western approach to solving this problem. But I want to get teammates together and I want to, as a group, look at what this data says. So I've referred to this data before, these research that I was talking about, which looks at these different working styles. Mm -hmm. There are different um, researchers out there. They're similar to the behavioral models that are out there. There are global ones. And visually speaking, what I like to do, and you can, I think you can see examples on my website. I, I just, uh, I, I send out a newsletter once a month that looks at this stuff as well. Just sent out one yesterday. Um, But, but, you could then say, okay, well, let's see, like our, our, our team here, we've got people from North America, from US, from Canada, from the UK, from Brazil, and from Malaysia. Let's map that. Let's see what the data says about it. Hmm. Let's, and then let's talk about this. Do, and this do, is existing data. Sorry, Kyle. This is existing data out there, not data that you're pulling that, through. Uh, that's exactly right. So there's some free site sources that you can get. Uh, I have a couple of paid sources that you can do as well, where you can basically take this research that's being done. It's still being done because uh, mm-hmm. cultures change all the time. Uh, and you can use that as a starting point 
again, just a starting point. It's not yeah. the answer. It's a starting point to have some, what I think are very interesting conversations. Let me give you just an example that I was working on this week, agile teams. So companies are love, they love agile. Everybody yeah. loves agile. I like yeah. agile. Agile, if you put it through a cross-cultural lens is one of, is a perfect example of a Western created framework because it assumes that there are comfortable levels of confrontation and it assumes there is relatively low hierarchy within any group. Mm -hmm. If you go in and slap an agile program into an international group without adjusting or working on the communication style, that program will not work the way you want it to. And that is, I mean, I, you want to you want to screw up an agile yeah. program, you just throw that in, making all of these cultural assumptions without without working on them. Interesting. That's how you can screw that up. So, um, I, I, I so again in that situation, before you go down the agile route, or before you try and and, and drive, uh, you know, performance from a global team. Get them together. Get some either some workshops together where it's focusing on communication styles. Mm -hmm. uh, on my website, I've have this uh, template that I've created. It's called a communications contract, and basically what it is, it's a template that runs through three different areas to say, okay, let's just figure out what are our team's norms, mm -hmm. because the norms in North America can be different than the norms here in Singapore. They they can be different in the United Kingdom. Let's not, I don't, I could care less what's right. <laughs> Nothing's right. Right. <laughs> in a, right. In a what's going to work for us? What's going to get us from point A to point B well? Let's build it ourselves. Yeah. And I, this is not, you know, it, it's ongoing, but it's also not like a massive thing. I, this is kind of a fun uh, team building exercise mm -hmm. because it gets you talking about these moments of how do, you know, how do we define respect? What does honesty look like? Uh, what is conflict? What, how, do, how are we going to agree that we're going to handle conflict? Mm -hmm. uh, how, how are we going to hold each other accountable? What tech are we going to use? How are we going to handle time zones? Right. All of these things, right? So um, that, and that's a big one, right? The time zone thing is a, is a nightmare. Nobody's cracked this code. Uh, but what are the norms? I, I have people in North America and sometimes I, you know, I don't respond for a while. And it's that asynchronous communication. If, if, misunderstood can cause friction between people. So mm -hmm. let's, let's get that out there. So anyway, so that would be step three. Uh, step two is get people show it, look at the international uh, data, the cross-cultural data. Step three, start applying tools to start building your own, almost like a third culture creation of these teams. The teams that I see that are bulletproof, that are the, the ones that can just figure stuff out quickly have gone through this process. That process itself builds additional trust. It builds that level of, uh, of, of feeling like you can, you know, you can speak up, uh, that you can, yeah. because, because the norms have been established. Well, that's where my mind is going. So, you know, coming from North American background and organizational development and, yeah. you know, my, my work is all about helping to, you know, the hierarchy disappears in certain situations, right? And, and yeah. everyone's a leader and all of that, right? Yeah. So clearly a North American Western approach um, to working. Mm -hmm. Um I'm curious about, so in my own mind, that produces better results, right? Let's just say I'm, I'm set in my yes. beliefs that that approach is, is produces better results. Yes. I'm curious to know, or if you can share, you know, the, the thinking and the research or evidence around, <clears throat> you know, the hierarchical approach actually brings really important value to the outcomes. And we should be sure. pulling from these different ways of working, um, even when we're coming from a system that we've worked really hard, quote unquote, to build the psychologically yeah. safe environment as an example. Uh, yeah, no, that's a great question. So um, the trend, especially in the tech world, especially like Silicon Valley uh, for a while, really went to this flat culture right. where uh, the story that I heard was that when face Facebook for a while didn't have job titles. I uh, heard that too. And, and so it's like, what? Then, 
well, then they, how do I know what your what role you have? But anyway, but then, but then, so then, they, I mean, this is this is a book in itself. I, I I would love to do the deep dive on this one. But then they go, they take that idea, and they go to India. Oh. Like like that is hilarious. <laughs> that is the that yeah, I mean no. that is just the makeup you're just set up for. I, I'd lo- I'd watch that movie. Yeah um, yeah, uh, and so chaos ensued because. Mm-hmm. That's not how things are done there. Right. Right. And so, I, you know, that no job title thing is an ex- extreme example of a flat hierarchy. And interestingly enough, India from a hierarchy, according to the data, it's hierarchical, but not as much as other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, here's, here's a place that has a caste system. For, I mean, that's, that's the probably best definition of a hierarchy that you can think of, that I can think of. Yeah. But what ended up happening, and this happens, I think it's a human nature thing anywhere, Hierarchies created themselves or, or systems created the hierarchies. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It, what it did was it created a series of hierarchies. And if you didn't, if you weren't in the know, you didn't know how to get anything done. Right. Because, uh, and, and I've seen this in other cases where uh, Western, again, I'm picking on Western com- companies here, but they establish a hierarchy in their organization and say, we'll pick on India as well, uh, on India, on paper, there is a org chart. If you want to get something done in that country, you take that org chart and you throw it away and you find out what the real org chart is. It won't be written down. You've got to have your local Those influencers, it's the local sort of real influencers within that org chart. A friend of mine was in charge of rolling out new IT security protocols across the world, and it was not being absorbed or used at all in India. And they have tens of thousands of employees up there. And what they were doing was the instructions worldwide was, you know, go to the country head and that person is responsible for doing this. Well, it turned out the country head in India based on the way things are done there, had zero power and Mm. zero influence. And it just failed. So that would be one quick example of just how, you know, our, our, in our brains, our our org chart will solve this, but you've got to figure out what's really going, going on. Absolutely. Um, And so, so yeah, so the, another quick example based on your hierarchy question is in a place like Japan, very strong hierarchies. The language reflects this. It often is perceived that it takes a long time to get something through, to get a, uh, an agreement because there's this weird thing in Japan, weird. Uh, it's weird to me, it's but different. it's totally yeah. normal right? yeah. <laughs> there. So it's, um, it's a different approach, which is there are key decision makers, but there's also this dr- this consensus driven part where it's like, everybody has to be on, on the same, on board. So the perception from outsiders is, oh my, this is taking forever to get anything done. Mm-hmm. However, follow the story. Watch what happens. The second something finally does get done, it's done. Everybody's on the same page. There's no misunderstandings. It flies. It goes fast. So you might have this frustrating time frame where you, you're, you as an outsider are going, these are just, this is a bureaucratic nightmare. Right. But man, once that decision goes, everybody's marching the same tune because everybody's in sync with it compared to the US or other parts of the world where, hey, we just made a fast decision. And guess what? Now it's chaos because right. nobody knows what the hell's going on. Right. Yeah. And so if you take yourself out of the North American viewpoint and you're looking at inward, you're looking at going like, why would just you make have a decision already? <laughs> Why would you have such a disorganized organization that lacks uh, reporting structure? Mm-hmm. It's insane. And so, again, I'm, it's not to say one's right or wrong, but it's yeah. just like you could, you know, one with, if you take a step back with an open mind, that's where you can kind of create these really interesting ideas. And so um, I'll, I can share this with you, but I just sent this out yesterday. A researcher in the Netherlands has put together what he believes is his ideal agile team structure in terms of, you know, what communication style makes a good agile, uh, the best agile team, what kind of conflict uh, agreements are in place, what kind of, you know, how do we handle time? How do we handle uh, building relationships? So he's looking at these different invisible things 
for from an agile perspective, mm-hmm. uh, which is fascinating. And if you compare that to the cross cultural country data, there's no countries that that fit it, which is wow. really interesting, right? That's really interesting. So, listen, everybody listening, those are examples of you know. Um, stats and tips and tools that you would get through Kyle's newsletter. So I didn't realize you have a newsletter. I'm signing up for that newsletter because I've been madly jotting down some notes here. Um, we're, I can talk to you all day. And I think this is what I said last time we chatted before the podcast. Like there's, this goes into so many different areas of mm. just working with others and yep. tapping into the best of those that you're working with. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so you know, we're wrapping up now. We just have a couple of more minutes, but what is your hope for our, our listeners? What do you hope they take away uh, from this episode, Kyle? So I think that um, we're in such an interesting time as the hopefully COVID situ- situation is beginning. You know, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so it's almost like there's going to be a refresh where we go, okay, we have, there'll be a moment where we are past COVID and it'll, I hope be go time. And Mm -hmm. because so much of this world has transit business world has become uh, accelerated from a digital standpoint. What that means is that there will be more international and global opportunities than ever before. Because the barriers to communication, I'm talking about Zoom and I'm talking about Mm -hmm. the way business gets done has digitalized by like 10, you know, we've we've jumped ahead by 10 years. Exactly. There is an opportunity there to expand and to find pockets of new customers in parts of the world that you may have never thought of. The hope that I have is that people look at that as a massive opportunity it will also be a massive threat because mm-hmm. your competitors are now global and they're in different parts of the world and they're going to come at you in ways that you didn't expect. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, if we take that from a, uh, uh, a, a position of optimism, this makes everybody more elevated and, and we up our game. So I, I hope that people get excited about this new phase of globalization. I know kind of the papers talk about that we're, it's, that we're, it's dying I think it's just the opposite. I think we've. Um, I think if you look below the surface, there, this is going to be probably an era of hyper globalization that's never happened before, especially for small to medium sized organizations. So I that's agree. that's the hope that I that I have for the for the listeners and for the planet out there that we uh, that we think carefully about how we approach this and we develop a little bit better uh, cultural intelligence along the way. I love that cultural intelligence. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and your insights. And I encourage everybody to get Kyle's book. Honestly, I'm not done it. And I'm (laughs) going to finish it in the next couple of days. um, Because I can't wait to see what happens. It's a great story. So thank you, Kyle. And I look forward to continuing the conversation with you one day soon. And to everybody else, stay tuned for next week keep on leading really well and leading on purpose. Okay. Thanks everyone. Take care. Thank you for joining us this week. Please tune in again for another edition of leading on purpose with your host, Nicole Bendeley on the voice America empowerment channel next Monday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 PM Eastern time. Have a wonderful week.